This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some, the gym is the scariest place of all. But it doesn't have to be. With a personalized plan and expert coaching, Anytime Fitness can help make the gym less frightening. Get more for your gym membership than machines. Get personalized support anytime, anywhere. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. See website for details. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem. Of a detour. Hear that? It's the sound of someone whacking the ground with a rake. Specifically, they're beating around the bush, which we've done enough of in this ad too, so let's get right to it. The new moneymaker scratch-off from the Ohio Lottery doesn't beat around the bush. Money maker. Play the game and you could win money, up to $2 million. With more than 88 million in prizes, ranging from 50 to $500, Moneymaker cuts right to the cash. Lottery players are subject to Ohio laws and commission regulations. Play responsibly. Something to note, all myths have many versions and variations. For this episode, we've selected those we felt are the most dramatic and entertaining and supplemented them with additional research into Polynesian traditions. Because mythology comes from oral tradition, there's a wide variety across sources. Our myths may not always be the version you're familiar with, but we hope you'll enjoy them. The demigod Maui stood atop a mountain. Sweat poured from his brow as he pushed with all his might against the sky above him. His feet, planted strongly on the earth, made indents where he stood. His muscles rippled. Every limb shook with exertion. A gourd hung around his waist, quivering gently along with his body's tremors. Maui gritted his teeth and reached down to grab it. He held the gourd to his lips and drank deeply. Whatever the liquid was, it invigorated him. He resumed his task with a new ferocity. A little more. And Maui has won again. He was determined to lift up the sky, not just because it would make life better for the people who lived under it, but because everyone said it could not be done. No one underestimates Maui! A mischievous smile came to Maui's lips as, with one last push, (sighs) the sky finally unfurled itself above. (sighs) Look at that sky. A mahalo to me and my gifts, eh? Maui looked endearingly at his strong muscles and planted a kiss on his bicep. Then he flung a fist in the air. Maui took a moment to gaze out at the view he'd created. Islands with high mountain peaks peppered the ocean, creating a vast canvas of beauty. With the sky so high, there was no limit to what Maui could see. 
But as Maui stood there, basking in his victory, the sky began to darken. Maui looked up to see Kala, the sun, racing across the sky and toward the horizon beyond, where he disappeared, taking the world's light with him. That is not good. Welcome to Mythology, a ParCast original. Every Tuesday, we present dramatic stories from ancient mythology and explore their origins. I'm your host and narrator, Vanessa Richardson. You can find all episodes of Mythology and all other ParCast originals for free on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. To stream Mythology for free on Spotify, just open the app and type Mythology in the search bar. At ParCast, we're grateful for you, our listeners. You allow us to do what we love. Let us know how we're doing. Reach out on Facebook and Instagram at ParCast and Twitter at ParCast Network. Today, we're discussing the brawny Polynesian demigod and cultural hero, Maui, a cavalier do-gooder who typically used his talents to acquire admiration. Maui's greatest boast was that he could slow the sun's journey across the sky. Polynesia is a region of islands and archipelagos in the Pacific Ocean that cover a triangle-shaped area, encompassing Hawaii, Tahiti, Tonga, and many more. These islands and countries contain diverse cultures and languages, but their myths and deities all bear strong similarities. This is likely because their ancestors came from a single origin. Historians believe that the first Polynesians were from Southeast Asia, as they moved between the different islands and created their own civilizations, they took their folklore with them, establishing a commonality within their stories. A common element of Polynesian mythology is its focus on nature. Polynesians imbue nature with a supernatural power called mana. The pivotal parts of their world, such as the sun or the ocean, possess this supernatural power, which can either be good or evil. Another common element in Polynesian myths is the demigod Maui. He taught humans to create fire. He pulled mountains up from the bottom of the ocean, and he hoisted the low sky up high to expand the world. Part human, part god, he possesses incredible strength and has the ability to change form at a whim. He's considered a trickster figure because his actions are usually mischievous and not well thought out. Though he's never malicious in his intent, he often acts from emotion rather than logic. And sometimes his heroics have unforeseen consequences, such as using his incredible strength to lift up the sky only to watch the world plunge into an early darkness. After Maui raised the sky, the world changed. The sun, Kala, continued to appear each day, but he would move quickly across the sky, only giving the world below a mere four hours of intense daylight before a long night took hold. With such little daylight, crops refused to grow. Fishermen could not finish filling their traps. Fruit began to rot. 
Before long, the world was growing hungry. And in a small island cave, Maui's mother, the goddess of the moon, Hina, was having some problems of her own. Hina had gathered together a pile of bark and was beating it fiercely into a pulp. Though her movements were full of strength, her touch was loving and precise. There you go! <sighs> Beautiful. Once it was ground enough, she gathered the wooden pulp and flattened it into sheets on a sunny rock. She stepped back to stare at the sheets tenderly. Dry nicely now, my little cakey. She was making kappa cloths, Polynesian clothing made from bark and reeds. She took great pride in her kappa and looked forward to their hardening so that she could paint them with intricate designs. She smiled at the thought of sitting in the sun, a paintbrush in hand, gently creating a story with a pattern. But her smile faded as darkness fell. She glared up at the sky. It had been months since Kala had quickened his pace, plunging their world into untimely darkness daily. But each time it happened, she felt robbed. She looked at her still-wet kappas and kicked them off the rock. Ugh, useless! She sat on the rock and put her head in her hands. She did not know what they would do, how they would survive. Why the long face, Mother? Hina looked up to see Maui approach, a half-eaten fruit in his hand. Her eyes narrowed. I did not get my kappa out fast enough. Kala has passed. Put it out sooner, then. Maui tossed his half-eaten fruit into the air and caught it with swagger. He offered it to his mother, who slapped it out of his hand. Oh, coolie, coolie, leave me be. You have caused enough trouble. <coughs> trouble? Are you angry with me? Oh, do you not even realize what you have done wrong? There's no kuleana, no responsibility taken with you. <laughs> I take plenty of kuleana. I take all the kuleana I can get. I am the man who raised the sky. Maui lifted a rock above his head to punctuate his point. He tossed it high in the air and winked at his mother. The rock soon came barreling down, barely missing Hina. She staggered backward and took a deep breath, trying to quell her frustration at her son. <sighs> Please, you give me a headache. You are angry with me? Raising the sky was a feat for the ages. It was heroic. A hero who creates more problems than he fixes is no hero. <sighs> I should summon your sister. She would know what to do. Maui's cocky facade dropped immediately at the mention of his sister. Inaika lived deep under the sea, far away from the world. But the shadow she cast on him was a large one. While others bowed to his power, Inaika was always quick to criticize him for being thoughtless. No need to bring her into this. I, I, I will fix this. I will. Maui's confidence was thrown. He knew if his mother was blaming him for the troubles of the world, chances were that she was not the only one. 
and there was nothing Maui disliked more than being blamed. The night's darkness was deep. Its inky blackness was disrupted by various little campfires that peppered the beach near Hina's cave, as islanders tried to continue chores such as laundry or cooking. Maui wandered around the island's village, deep in thought. He could sense the frustration of the villagers and felt their accusatory eyes on him as he passed. At a nearby campfire, Maui's four boisterous elder brothers were laughing, surrounded by a crowd of villagers. They were also demigods, but boasted none of the extraordinary powers that their youngest brother possessed. One of them, Maui Roto, stood by the flames, his hands raised over his head. He grunted as he mimed pushing the sky upwards, sending his other brothers into further fits of hysterics. Get up there, Sky! My flatulence needs room to breathe! <laughs> the crowd dissolved into hysterics. Another brother stood up, pretending to be the sun. He sprinted around the fire as quickly as possible before diving into the sand with a thud. More laughter followed. Uh, Mr. Kala, where are you going? Do I really smell that bad? <laughs> Maui watched from the shadows, his cheeks flushed with embarrassment. Then anger took hold, and he stepped out into the firelight. You laugh, brothers, but I don't see any of you pushing up the sky. Oh, what a lucky day! Our brother has graced us with his presence instead of splashing through the Moana looking for a good deed no one asked for. You... I... <laughs> Maui struggled to come up with a retort, but in the face of such blatant mocking, he could only storm off like an angry boy, his brother's laughs hot at his back. Maui hiked up the tallest mountain on the island and sat at its peak, deep in thought. He hated being laughed at, especially by his brothers. They were just jealous because they did not have his power. He always tried to show them how special he was, but they never failed to find something to mock him for. Finally, the morning light from the sun appeared. He squinted against its fierce onslaught as it passed overhead, moving toward Mount Haleakala on the other side of the island. As he watched it go, his fury began to build. It was Kala's fault that he was being mocked rather than revered. He wasn't a laughingstock, he was a hero, and he would prove it to his brothers and to everyone else. Suddenly, he sat up straight, an idea taking shape. He jumped to his feet, hurrying down the side of the mountain, running as quickly as he could. He wanted to make sure he saw exactly where Kala disappeared. His strong legs carried him across the island quickly, crossing the plains between the two mountains and into the eastern side of the island. As he ran, he thought fast. He would visit the sun where it settled for the evening and threaten to destroy it if it did not listen to him. 
He looked upward at Kala's retreating form as it approached the mountain peak of Mount Haleakala. He noticed the sun's circular, fiery body, but also he noticed that Kala had eight powerful legs of fire to propel him through the sky. Maui swiftly climbed Mount Haleakala. As he crested the peak, he watched as Kala passed directly over him, heading toward a crater between the mountain and the ocean. His fire legs streamed after him as he went. Maui smiled winningly at his ability to keep pace with Kala, even as the sweat poured off of him. He watched, panting, as the sun settled into the crater before him. It was a deep, immense hole just over the peak of the mountaintop. Its sides were steep and scorched black from Kala's daily presence. Kala dimmed as he began to slumber. Without waiting a moment, Maui puffed up his chest and stepped forward boldly. He did not know what he was going to do, just that he must act. But as he moved forward, he kicked a rock, knocking it ajar. It tumbled down the side of the crater, hitting the sleeping Kala. Kala's bloodshot eyes suddenly shot open in anger, and before Maui could duck out of sight, Kala's gaze locked in on him. Maui. Coming up, Maui realizes that controlling the sun is a much more lethal task than he could have imagined. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some, the gym is the scariest place of all. But it doesn't have to be. With a personalized plan and expert coaching, Anytime Fitness can help make the gym less frightening. Get more for your gym membership than machines. Get personalized support anytime, anywhere. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. See website for details. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem. Of a detour. Now back to the story. The demigod Maui had thought raising the height of the sky would earn him respect and admiration from all that heard of his feet. But instead of glory, he'd been embarrassed to realize that it had caused great strife within the islands where he lived. The heightened sky allowed Kala, the sun, to move much more quickly through his day. This gave the people in the world below only a few hours of sunlight, causing crops to suffer and chores to be left unfinished. The people were nearing crisis, and Maui realized that he was to blame. He set off to study the path of the sun and concoct a plan that would slow it down so that he could save the day. But as he saw Kala settled into his crater in Mount Haleakala, he decided to act immediately. Unfortunately, Kala woke and saw Maui standing above him. Before Maui could do a thing, the sun lashed out one of its flaming legs and hit Maui across his broad chest, knocking him off the mountain peak. Maui gasped in shock as he fell through the sky, barreling with incredible speed toward the earth below. Ugh. 
Maui hit the ground with an impressive thud, breaking into the soil around him and sending rocks flying. He lay there for a moment, dazed, before gently staggering to his feet. He shook off the shock and looked upward at the great distance he'd fallen. He took a moment to smile proudly. He wished his brothers had seen how high his plunge was. But he shook off this moment of pride when he remembered what had caused his fall in the first place. Kala. He needed to speak to his mother at once. Maui ran across the plain, through the mountain pass, and down the path that led to the waterfall cave where his mother, Hina, lived. There, she was once again standing over her damaged kappa cloths, looking devastated. She sighed when she saw her son appear. Oh, Maui, go count the clouds if you need something to do. I have a plan. It is a good plan. The best plan. Uh, I thought to myself, hmm, who could possibly come up with such a feat? <laughs> Why, Maui, of course. Maui kissed his bicep as his mother rolled her eyes. She turned back to her kappa. Unless your plan is to hold the sun in the sky long enough for my kappa to dry, then I do not wish to hear... Aha! Yes! Stop your interruptions. What do you mean, yes? That is my plan, exactly. Hina looked up at Maui. Her attention suddenly focused on her son. Her eyes narrowed as she tried to gauge his seriousness. I've just come from Mount Haleakala, and... Listen. I am listening, Maui. Do not get overexcited. But Maui could not control his enthusiasm. He paced in circles as he told Hina about what he had seen, using large hand gestures to act out the images. I watched Kala settle in a crater there to sleep, and I noticed he has legs, about eight of them. They are long, fiery legs, and I think, I know that if I could chop off his legs, hi-ya! He would not be able to cross the sky so fast. He picked up a half-dry kappa thoughtlessly, and it disintegrated in his hands. Hina winced and snatched its remains away from him. Out of breath from his tail, Maui waited, panting, for his mother to say something. You think you are strong enough to do this? Of course! I'm Maui. I raise the sky. I lifted mountains from the water. I... A warrior cannot fight if he does not know where his armor is. Ha! <laughs> I do not need armor. You missed the point, Maui. Body is not the only thing you need to be strong in. Maui paused at this. Hina's words filled him with doubt. He'd never been asked to use his brains before and was not sure how far he could take it. But as he mulled this over, he slowly smiled. Mother, tell me what to do. Maui hit his chest with vigor, but accidentally smacked it too hard and began to choke. <coughs> he now waited patiently for him to recover before beginning her instructions. Very well, son. You must go back to Mount Haleakala, 
On the northern side of the mountain, you will find a small crater beside a willy-willy tree. An old woman puts cooked bananas there each day for Kala to eat before he slumbers. You will wait there until a rooster crows three times, and when the old woman's back is turned, you must take the bananas. Stealing from an old woman? That is hardly the work of a hero. <laughs> Taking her bananas is the only way to get her attention. I should know. She is my mother. Maui set out the next morning, just before Kala began his rapid rampage across the sky. It was dark and windy as he made his now familiar trek across the plains, between the mountains and toward the base of Mount Haleakala. He eyed a spot in the horizon where the silhouette of a large willy-willy tree could be seen on the mountain's northern side. He had never met his grandmother before and was excited to show her what an impressive young man he was, but he needed her expertise, too. She was no mortal, having been alive for a very long time, and she knew more than anyone about Kala. She had fed him bananas each evening for her entire life. As much as Maui hated to admit he needed anyone, he knew he could not figure out how to catch Kala without her knowledge. After a short climb, Maui reached the wheelie-wheelie tree and hid behind its trunk. Its canopy obscured him, but he had a clear view of the small camp that was set up in the crater beside it. There was a small fire pit and a shoddily crafted shack that looked like it was about to fall down. Maui leaned forward to take a closer look, but quickly sat back when a rooster began to crow. Maui tensed, waiting for movement. He had just begun to relax when a low, eerie hum filled the camp. Moments later, his grandmother stepped out of the shack with a bunch of bananas in her arms. She moved carefully, using her feet to slowly guide her to the fire pit, her eyes stared ahead with a deep squint, as if trying to see what was right in front of her. Maui watched as she stumbled over to the pit to start a fire. Soon, the fire was roaring. She split the bananas off of their stems and lay them in a basket over the flames. Then, she turned back to her shack to fetch some spices. Quick as a flash, Maui darted out and stole the bananas out of the basket, bringing them back with him to the protective canopy of the tree. When his grandmother returned, she moved to season the roasting bananas, but stopped in shock. She squinted at the fire, unsure if she could trust her damaged eyes. The bananas were gone. She looked around feebly, but her half-blind eyes had no hope of locating Maui in his hiding spot. He looked out at his grandmother, the partially cooked bananas clutched in his arms. He watched as her body shook with unbidden anger, and she cried out, Who is taking Kala's bananas? I have no more to give him. 
Maui frowned as he watched his grandmother raise her nose into the air and take a deep sniff. She did so again and again, until soon she was standing at the edge of the tree, peering into its canopy. Come out and show yourself, instead of cowering within my tree. Oh, so we have a coward here, do we not? I am no coward. <laughs> All right then, no coward. Show yourself. Goaded on by his grandmother's jabs, Maui slowly stepped out from the Wheelie Wheelie Tree's canopy. He smiled broadly, waiting for her to recognize this strong specimen in front of her as her own flesh and blood. But instead, she squinted at him, her eyes barely seeing through the immense, wrinkly folds in her skin. Huh. You do not recognize me? Son, my eyes see little these days. But more importantly, I do not care who you are. Just that you give my bananas back. They are for Kala. Maybe you'll care when I tell you who my mother is. I'd... Wrong, old woman. I belong to Hina, your daughter. Maui was shocked into silence as his grandmother slapped him across the face. Do not interrupt your elders. You must be Maui, her youngest. I have heard you are quite the mischief maker, and by your thievery I can see that this is true. I am no thief. I, I, my mother told me to. <laughs> A grand excuse from one who is Lolo. Feeble-minded? Enough. Tell me, what troubles bring you here? The world is in danger. Humanity hangs in the balance if I do not... Yes, yes, yes. Out with it, boy. I am here to catch the sun, and you, Kapuna, shall tell me how. For a long moment, she did not say anything. But then, she began to laugh. <laughs> Her stooped shoulders shook with mirth as she dissolved into hysterics. Maui watched her coldly, deeply offended at this turn of events. An unwelcome feeling brewed within him as he stood before his laughing grandmother. It was a shame. His cheeks flushed bright red, and he slammed his fist into the ground with a yell. Do not laugh at me! The earth suddenly began to tremble below their feet. The very mountain seemed to sway from the force. Oops. Coming up, Maui realizes that this great mission of his will take considerably longer than he'd ever imagined. Two guys drove to work. Neither guy wore a seatbelt. One guy got a ticket. One guy didn't. The same two guys drove home. One guy wore a seatbelt. One guy didn't. One guy made it home. The guy not wearing his seatbelt didn't. Don't risk it. Click it or ticket. Paid for by NHTSA.
Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Now back to the story. The demigod Maui had set out on a quest to try and capture Kala, the sun, after a so-called heroic feat of his had some unforeseen consequences. After getting instructions from his mother, Hina, Maui had traveled to his grandmother on the northern side of Mount Haleakala. She fed Kala cooked bananas each day before he laid down to rest. But when Maui told his grandmother about his epic plan to catch the sun, she began to laugh. Maui did not like being laughed at, and he grew ashamed, and then angry. He hit the ground hard, but his strength was too great. The mountain that they stood upon seemed to buckle and sway from the force of his hit. Maui and his grandmother grabbed onto the wheelie wheelie tree as they waited with bated breath for the mountain to topple. But after a few heart-pounding moments, the trembling stopped. Only a few rocks fell down from the peak above, crashing into his grandmother's campsite and barely missing her hut. Maui's grandmother looked at him angrily. Can you not control yourself, Mopuna? You are thick as a coconut. I meant to do that. You laughed at me, old woman. No one laughs at Maui. Or they feel my wrath. Maui's grandmother reached out again to slap him across the face. That is for almost destroying my hut. Ow! Kala is all-powerful, a massive ball of fire. You expect to control him if you cannot control your own emotions? I intend to catch him, to snare him somehow, uh, using my incredible power, see? Look! Are you looking? Grandmother! Maui flexed his muscles at her as evidence. His grandmother sighed. She did not know if this eager youth before her had it in him to accomplish such a feat, but he was here. That already was more than any others could say. <sighs> you will need rope, the strongest there is. And even then, I do not know if it can be done. Rope, yes! What kind of rope? Tell me. I will find it. Oh, this rope is not merely lying around, waiting for someone to happen upon it. You must weave it yourself, out of an indestructible material. It must be the strongest rope you have ever made. And you must make as many pieces as you can. Sixteen at least, two for each leg. That sounds hard. <clears throat> but um, not for me. Never for Maui. Tell me where to find this material. Something tells me you will not like this next part. There is someone with magical hair, the strongest in existence. 
the hair of your sister, Inayika. Maui froze. Dread filled the pit of his stomach at the mention of his sister's name. Whenever he encountered Inaika, he could not help but be reminded of his faults, and he often shrank in her presence. As he thought about finding her in the depths of the sea, he thought that maybe this task would be better left to someone else. Yes, I knew you would not like this. She has a habit of making you feel small, does she not? <laughs> no one makes Maui feel small. No one. <laughs> it is a family affair, this snaring of the sun. And after I make the rope? You return here, hide by the willy-willy tree. When you see Kala's first leg appear above you, that is when you strike. Uh, do you need help finding your sister? No, thank you, Grandmother. I know exactly where she is. Maui left his grandmother's camp and faced the ocean. He was just in time to see Kala's fiery charge over Mount Haleakala. Then darkness fell once again. Maui waited there in the darkness for some time, working up the courage to face his sister. Perhaps this is what his mother meant when she said his mind must be strong. He sighed. He would not let his fear of Inaika's admonishment be the reason he failed in his journey. He needed to continue forward. He took a few deep breaths, stomping his feet and flapping his arms. As he did so, his arms miraculously grew feathers, soon becoming wings. His face elongated into a beak, and his eyes turned small and black. Moments later, he had completed his transformation, and where the strong demigod Maui had once stood was now an immense seagull. He took off into the sky, swooping amongst the clouds and down into the waves. Speckles of surf exploded off of the water, hitting his face as he dove close to the water's surface. He pumped his wings quickly, flying as fast as he could, for he knew that if he did not push himself to get to his sister quickly, then all courage would fail him. As he passed a small, uninhabited island, he suddenly dove beneath the waves in one fell swoop. As soon as Maui swept below the surface of the ocean, he was once again in his human form. Despite this, he had no trouble breathing beneath the sea as he swam gingerly downward and downward and downward to the darkest depths until he saw what he was looking for. A small shack sat amidst a coral cluster, surrounded by columns of coral and other sea fauna. A light was on within, piercing the darkness of the water like a knife. Maui swam toward it, powering through the water until he had reached the front door. He hesitated, then slowly lifted up a hand to knock. Brother? The door swung open and Maui found himself face to face with Inaika, his elder sister. She was a small, pale woman with long, magical hair that floated about her with an ethereal strangeness. 
It was shiny, seaweed-like, but also glowed with an obvious power. On her face, a gentle smile curved up in a slight smirk. She looked her brother up and down and raised an eyebrow. I would have thought you had grown larger by now. Inaika? Oh, do not be so formal. Greet me properly. <laughs> Inaika pulled Maui into a hug and ushered him inside her home. The door closed with a thud. Maui entered and looked around. Out in the world, he was imposing, towering. But inexplicably, here in this small shack, he somehow seemed smaller. Inaika flitted about the room, moving over to an easel where she was artfully arranging shells in a pattern. She already seemed bored with Maui as she stifled a yawn. Maui cleared his throat, trying to get her attention back. <clears throat> you waste away down here. What do you do to entertain yourself? I like my quiet, just like you like your little tricks. Little tricks? Little... All right, sister. Say what you wish. Mother tells me you've gotten a fat head up there. Fat as a seal's belly by the sound of it. I have accomplished the greatest of feats. You, you have no idea. <laughs> you managed to destroy an entire way of life. That is certainly a great feat. Maui closed his eyes, trying not to let his frustration boil up. His sister knew she had a way of getting to him, and he would not give her that pleasure. I have come to ask something of you. Oh, ask then. I... I... Maui noticed that Inaika was not looking at him. Instead, she had busied herself with arranging her shells, admiring her slowly emerging piece of art. He was trying to save the world above, and she could not even give him a moment of her time. His fists clenched tightly, but then, all at once, the fight went out of him. As Maui stared at her back, a feeling welled up inside of him. He was sick of being laughed at, sick of being underestimated, sick of no one recognizing his greatness when all along he had known how great he was. But he realized now that he was not going to get admiration by asking for it. And more than that, he was not going to change his sister's mind when it was clearly already decided. And so, for once, he would not try. <laughs> the thought of no longer caring what his sister thought of him instilled him with such relief that he let out a short laugh. He did not need her approval, just her hair. And so, as Inaika ignored her pestering younger brother to work on her esteemed art piece, she did not notice him slowly drifting through the water behind her. His hand stretched out, poised to pluck out a few strands of her magical hair. But just as his hand neared her head, Inaika whipped around and grabbed Maui's wrist with shocking speed. 
Maui winced as her fingers dug into his flesh, and her eyes flashed with malice. Tisk tisk, little brother. I did not hear you ask nicely. Thanks again for tuning in to Mythology. We'll be back Tuesday with part two. For more information on how Maui snared the sun, amongst the many sources we used, we found Legends of Maui, a demigod of Polynesia and his mother Hina, the mythology of Hawaii by W.D. Westervelt, extremely helpful to our research. You can find more episodes of Mythology and all other ParCast originals for free on Spotify. Not only does Spotify already have all of your favorite music, but now Spotify is making it easy for you to enjoy all of your favorite ParCast originals, like Mythology, for free from your phone, desktop, or smart speaker. To stream Mythology on Spotify, just open the app and type Mythology in the search bar. If you enjoy Mythology, you'll love my other podcast, Tales. Tales presents fairy tales the way they were originally told, orally and unadulterated. Traditional fairy tales aren't exactly suitable for children, and every Wednesday, we dive into another dark, classic tale. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram, at Parcast, and Twitter, at Parcast Network. We'll be back next week with another epic story. Mythology was created by Max Cutler and is a ParCast Studios original. Executive producers include Max and Ron Cutler. Sound designed by Michael Langsner, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Carly Madden, Isabella Way, and Freddie Beckley. This episode of Mythology was written by Kate Murdoch, with writing assistance by Greg Castro. The amazing cast of voice actors includes Joe Hernandez, Harris Markson, and Jen Wong. I'm Vanessa Richardson. Vanessa Richardson